0: Attention, attention, please! The Campo Ghibla History Podcast is on the air! Hello and welcome to the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. My name is Christopher Thomason. I'm your host for this and many, many more trips down memory lane. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is a podcast dedicated to collecting the stories, the history, the memories of Camp Ojibwa for boys in Eagle River, Wisconsin, founded 1928. This week's guest on the podcast, Larry Lubin. Larry Lubin's name is has come up over and over again in the stories of who are the best athletes of camp. When you ask from the different generations, who are the guys, who are the the top athletes of all time from Camp Ojibwa? And there's a handful of guys whose names constantly get repeated, and Larry Lubin was right there on that list. So I decided, hey, let's reach out to Larry Lubin and let him come in here and sit in front of these mics and tell us if it's true. And sure enough, that's what happened. We had an awesome conversation. Uh, It's short and sweet, this one. It's a short one this week, but lots of good stories compacted in that small amount of time. So I hope you enjoy that. Before we get to that, of course, OJ90. You're going to be getting an email, probably today, maybe yesterday, uh, letting you know to save the date. Those dates are May 5th and May 6th, 2017. Go ahead and put it in your calendar. May 5th, we're going to be at Joy of the Game, although it has a new name now, and I'm, I forgot what it is, so I'm terrible. But where Joy of the Game is, that Friday night. And on Saturday, we'll, of course, we'll be at the Westin in Wheeling, Westford. We'll be at the Weston in Wheeling, West Virginia. I hope to see you all there. No, we'll be at the Weston in Wheeling, Illinois, and it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be the best ever. Maybe maybe the best party ever. That's possible. That certainly could be it. So put it in your calendars. Plan to be there. We want to literally see every person connected to camp there if possible. Okay. Enough with uh, telling you about the party. Let's get down to it. Here we go. Larry Lubin. On the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast.
1: A smoking long black Cadillac, the engine's winding down. He parked get up on the sidewalk like he owned the whole damn town. I'd hear him talking to some chick. Through a thick ghost of smoke, through a thicker haze of sun.
0: First and foremost, please say your name and your years at Camp Ojibla. Larry Lubin, uh, 1968
1: through 1972. So five years as a camper.
0: Excellent. Now, how do you find out about Camp Ojibla?
1: It was in my family uh, for years through extended family, mm. uh, the Feldmans, and I believe the Hollabs had gone, so um, Barry Feldman and sure. his his family are my dear friends. His parents were my aunt and uncle, ah. and my quasi Barry's my you know and his brother, Stephen, sister are my cousins. Gotcha. You know by friends. Sure. So that was always in it, and and they his parents went. My uh, uh, uncle Monty went to camp and was mm-hmm. my father's boyhood friend. My father couldn't afford to go to camp at the time, but sure. Uncle Monty could, and so my dad's known all about it all his whole life. And when it was time to go to camp, uh, actually had a couple choices, but uh, at the time, Mickey came to the house and showed me a movie or something, and he showed me, you know, one softball field. and I said, "Okay, I'll go." I'm in. <laughs> so,
0: were you already kind of a sports kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What That's were your favorite sports?
1: Oh. Uh, I, I liked all the sports. I, I ended up, you know, ended up enjoying basketball and, and a lot. Played a lot of tennis and, you know, at camp, softball was really fun and yeah. I volleyball and, you know. So I, I, I liked, you know, that was it. it. Was just competing and competing against your friends and all the camaraderie with the the counselors and. So it was great. Nice.
0: Where did you uh, Where live you live?
1: I grew up, up in Evanston. Mm, gotcha. And what, when that was kind of actually very nice for me, too, because as I see now, you know, on, on the North Shore, you have the pockets and a lot of Highland Park and, and a lot of different areas where the kids go to school together and then they go to camp together. Right. And for me, I was the only guy from my neighborhood and anything that went. And these were really my camp friends who are mm. still my dear friends to this day. And it was great to have this new set of friends for me. So, yeah, for and, sure. And lifetime friends.
0: Yeah. So you go up that first year. You don't know any, uh, you take the buses up? Took the buses Yeah. buses? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's the first thing you remember about, about getting there?
1: I don't remember, you know, the first thing. All, all I remember, though, is, you know, being very much a, a mama's boy and being,
0: mm.
1: you know, being homesick the first four weeks. Sure and having a really difficult time and and uh steve katz was great and jim nachman was was wonderful and and they were great with communicating with my folks and you know got me over to hump and then nice after this first four after they left you know the second four and then from then on sailed so
0: it was great very nice do you remember what cabin i was cabin five yeah five seven 11, 12, 13. Nice. So it worked for me. Uh, and you mentioned Steve Katz. Was he a counselor? Yeah, he was he my was your lead
1: counselor. And I believe it was Steve Wolf and Bob Sabin, I think, were my. Uh, I know it was Sabin. I'm trying to think who was the, the other JC at mm. the time.
0: Yeah. yeah, Steve is one of those. Uh, Classic camp characters. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Now, are you in the cabin? What's the infamous story he tells me about the broomstick and the right when Mickey comes in? And he's like, "Oh, I was just uh, changing his light bulb or something." And no, I don't know the broomstick <laughs> story, but I'm sure it's true. Yeah, he had some uh, he had some good stories. He was great when, when he used to hide. What he used
1: to. Uh was it scavenger hunt? or Oh, maybe a uh, gold rush day? Something. something? Steve would go. We had to find or seek. You hide and seek and go find Steve, and nobody could ever find Steve. <laughs> he hid somewhere. We were always
0: started some tree somewhere. Nobody could ever find Steve. He was famous for that. That's funny. So you get up to camp, and uh, you, you drop right in, start playing sports. Uh, yeah. What's the camp day look like back then?
1: Camp day was, well, it was... You know, um dipper shower, obviously. We woke up to that.
0: Now, are you more of a dip guy or more of a shower guy?
1: I was more... I was both. Oh, okay. But I did like dip as well. But I was both. I think as, you got, as I got older, I think I showered more, but mm-hmm. I don't remember. But loved that experience. And, you know, as we look back at the whole dipper shower and then cabin clean... And those were, those were some great memories that, that, that I have of camp. And, uh, and my counselors and Mike Bagan and stuff, we went through that. And it was great memories with my friends and the camaraderie involved in getting the, the cabin clean and those mm-hmm. type of things versus just the competition, which, which was obviously a big part of it. So anyhow, camp would start and dip shower. And then I forget, we had a morning activity and then some free time, lunch, Rest period, and then I think we had games in the afternoon, and then a rest period, and um, dinner, and then usually some activity and lights out. But it was, it was always fun, and, and I just you know enjoyed every aspect of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. You talked about having some of these lifelong friends that came from camp when you first got there. Are these guys that are in your cabin, or are they? You drop right into those cabin mates becoming those friends? Yes. Um, Who are some of those guys?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, more of the guys that are my lifelong friends are my are my f- friends that were in cabin 11, 12, and 13 that I'm, I'm still close to on an almost daily basis. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha.
0: You were, that way you're a little older, they're a little yes, older. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense.
1: But I'm still friendly with... You know all of those people that you know i got just got the list of who's on this committee for tomorrow oh and, right you know with steve elrod i think was in my cabin almost every year and uh arnie rubens and erwin bernstein i don't know if you mm-hmm. know erwin as well as you know marty block and bill kramer is one of my dear friends and steve mendez and they we were in uh, cabins older and then al bartlestein was uh is a dear friend of mine and And then I'm still very close with Dave Matazar and Barry Feldman, obviously, and Kenny Roffey. But they were all counselors when I actually—actually, they were senior campers my first couple years. And then— Okay. uh, Because they're four years older than I am.
0: Actually, Ken Roffey was sitting right there not an hour ago. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, we just did it. his voice in camp history. <laughs> He's got a great voice, He's right? He's got the best voice
1: <laughs> and a face for radio,
0: too. So. <laughs> That's perfect. That is perfect. Yeah, we were talking about that because, you know, he and Barry and those guys all – and I've heard all that shtick between he and Barry oh, yeah. and Futransky and all yes. that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, um, but your name has come up so many times, uh, and uh, there is – Every era of camp, of course, has you know. Oh my God! When I was a kid, this guy was just the best. He could hit the ball over the vessel. He could hit the ball into the lake. He could hit the ball across the lake to Braywood or whatever. Yes, right. Um, but in the as I'm doing this project, I've come to learn that in the big all-time scheme of things, there's ten names that come up you know yeah. here and there, and you're on that list. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. Like being, what's it like being you know maybe the best athlete at camp during a certain period of time?
1: Um, I mean, it was fun. I. You know, I was, listen, it was a competitive camp, and I was a relatively competitive guy, as my <laughs> campmates would, would tell you. And, he says uh, humbly. <laughs> losing was never very fun for me, as, as anybody who would listen to this would know. And that, that runs in my my genes. My father was a very competitive guy. Mm. Um, but, you know, it was... It was great. Listen, it, it, the older we get, the no matter what how sports you do, it's usually more fun to win than it is to lose. So. Sure, sure. So for me, I was fortunate. I mean, when I came in in my one, you know, cabin five, I, we won a championship in uh, in soccer. Mitch Halib was my coach. to Jamico Saints. You know, it's like things you you never forget, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, Mickey Kaplan was on that team. We went to Camp Tamarack together and. So there Mickey Kaplan and I have been friends for since gosh, you know, 1965 I think we went to Camp Tamarack together. Wow. Yeah. He was a terrific athlete, a really good softball player. Um, and then you know so yeah, I mean it was fun and it's it's an honor to be considered you know, one of the better athletes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, we can't It's we can't talk about camp athletics without talking about arguably the greatest sporting event in the history of all sporting events, of course, Collegiate Week. Yes.
1: <laughs> the one uh, thing I never won.
0: I was going to say, tell me a little bit about your experience with Collegiate Week.
1: Never won Collegiate
0: Week. Uh, I won
1: basically every other sport and championship that we did. Um, I, I, but Collegiate Week, I think the best I came in was third place with Kenny Roffey mm. as my first pick. Uh, th- I'm not sure if I was the second or third pick, but uh, we had, you know, Collegiate Week was was great, and also incredibly pressured. Sure. And it, it was funny for me, which I enjoyed it, but it was a lot of pressure for me because I was always kind of picked pretty high, even maybe arguably too high. Mm-hmm. And then I forget because I was too young how that worked, but when you were young, it made your team young and different things. And right. So, now, I was one of the better athletes, but I was two or three years younger and I had to play up. And it, you know what I mean? It's kind of skewed things. Sure. However, that worked. But we got close a couple times, but uh, I was never able to push it over to the finish line yeah. in
0: collegiate week. I mean, the week is tough. You know, you can talk all about draft, you know, pick the best team you want, write the best stunt you have. Yes. It's still going to come down to some luck. It's just too many too many people on a team and too long of a week to not to just for one guy to carry it.
1: So yeah, you know, one of my biggest regrets was in collegiate week and I got over emotional in a soccer game and I like I pushed down one of my teammates or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that was one of the deals where you're playing uh is it juniors and seniors is that how uh, it is we way? now
0: have th- we now do it with three groups uh junior varsity senior varsity and yeah. prep but so then it was juniors I think and seniors. i'm
1: like you know the second or third pick on the team in cabin seven and i'm playing with oh. teammates that are like in cabin one or two right and the kid was going sideways and i'm all worked up because i'm supposed to win this whole thing by myself right, right. sure and uh yeah it's a, a regret for me yeah you know and it went sideways <laughs> that yeah. person, yeah, that young person probably knows who it was. You know, so. uh,
0: uh, but to be fair, uh, that's one of the things camp does. It teaches yeah. you those lessons. You you know, yeah, whatever it's based happened on that. The ages
1: better now too, it Well, like, certainly, so. yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lessons learned about that. Um, you, you can still, you know, you can still screw with the ages enough to kind of yeah. get an advantage, but not so much that uh, Cabin Seven will be playing with Cabin One. Uh, that's funny. But it's true. It, it really is. All those things at camp, those little moments. Camp gives you a safe place to have that kind of a mistake, but that mistake taught you something forever. Yes. That you never, you know, you, that changed yeah. you in a way forever, and it happened at a place that, honestly, it probably wasn't that big of a deal, but it was a huge deal to you, and it was a, probably a huge deal to the, you know, maybe, maybe or maybe not to the kid, but.
1: Uh, it was a it was a big deal. I forget what yeah. happened, and there there's but.
0: Um, what about uh, stunt nights? where you – as much as we talk about athletics at camp, there's always the Camp Ojibwe stage, the rec hall stage. And- well, that's where Rafi shined,
1: and uh, it's funny because something happened in stunt night, and I think it was with Kenny, and that's – we were leading, and we we didn't do well in stunt night. and oh. Because of that, we didn't win collegiately. Gotcha. Was, and uh, it might have been an Elliott coach team that won that year. I can't remember. But um, – that came down to Stunt Night. But Stunt Night and Song Night, I mean, all those things were fantastic. And uh, we used to put on uh, shows for, there used to be talent shows or something like that. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. They, when the, student, or the students, when the campers would go up and do their acts. And a good friend of mine had the Tots and the Family Taters. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, yet. no. Yeah, Please tell me. back it. when Sly and the Family Stone was popular okay. back in the sure. 60s, early 70s, right? Absolutely. and... Billy Kramer, who was Mr. Potato Head, was his nickname at camp. and he's, <laughs> So he was Tots, you know, and it's funny because I have friends like Steve Bear, who I don't know if you know, but... He was Topo Gigio because when Steve came oh. to camp, he was like six years old. He was this cutest little kid, so he was Topo Gigio. And and to this day, we're in our fifties, and he's still topes, you know. He's topo gigio. <laughs> and Bill Kramer's still tots, and so he was tots and the family taters. And, That's fun, and it was really fun. And they played, uh, you know, this Sly and the Family Stone song, which is still their theme song with Paul Altman. I can remember being on the bass guitar, and who knows how I remember that, but. Anyhow, so great memories of that stuff and lots of fun and putting on the skits at at uh, and visiting weekend for the parents, sure, and the songs and all that stuff, all that you know and and the Lou Majors and uh, Paul uh, uh, Paul James Paul James yeah. who were so involved and this was a sports camp, but they really kept the arts alive for us also, mm-hmm. even though it was we were a sports camp, quote unquote, but they kept the arts alive for us and and Elliot, in, uh, you know, with his music and his um, passion for plays and that type of right, thing. Right, absolutely. You know? So, you know, those it was, it, it was a little bit more well-rounded than, than <laughs> <laughs> we maybe get
0: credit for. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that a little bit in here, how, you know, we're definitely a sports camp. Like, if you say Camp Ojibwe, oh, yeah, sports camp, especially yeah. old Ojibwe, super competitive sports camp, yeah. but the stage was always a part of it. Yes, it so was. And I think... I came in as a theater guy. I was never a a camper. I was only a staff man and I was brought in for that stuff. Yeah. Um, And right away I was like, are you sure we're doing this? Am I in the right place? You know, but what you come to realize is not only is it well-rounded as you said, but it also gives a safe place for those guys who are, A real good jock is never expected to be on stage. Like you just don't – you're like, no, you never have to do that. You would never want to do that. But camp gives you a safe place to do it. So you can be a jock or whatever, good or bad at sports, but you can also have this other place to shine. Yeah. And um, I know, as you said, you know, Elliot – There's less winning and losing on on stage also. Certainly. (laughs) Certainly. Certainly. It's almost all winning if you're willing to do it, <laughs> exactly. to be fair. <laughs> uh you mentioned Elliot, another one of those classic camp characters. So yes. you're there for sort of like real prime Elliot. He's still coaching the week and oh, yeah, coming yeah, into yeah. his own as it were.
1: Yeah, he was kind of a counselor in thirteen and you know, Elliot was was, you know, was full blown. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I you know, I one of the things too, I had Mike Bagan was, was a counselor for two years and Gary Greenberg and, and Mike Begg and Gary Greenberg and Elliot got very involved in a basketball team that we uh, that I was involved in some mm. other campers
0: you when mean we outside of camp
1: outside of camp ah. there, during the off season was it was, uh, was pre AAU but it was like a an AAU team oh okay and Gary coached it and Mike was sort of our general manager and and Elliot was you know, Elliot was the manager. He coordinated everything. And, okay. Um, and they were great to us, and that was a fantastic. We played about 60 games from wow. this one season. And it was, uh, I think there were 10 of us, or eight, of, eight or nine of us, and we were all camp guys, and one guy that didn't go to camp with us. Oh. So it was really fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, it was great. It, it really helped my career. I mean, Gary Greenberg was a fantastic player and coach, and, you know, Mike was a, a a big mentor and influence in in my life is a is a young man, nice. and uh, I'm for, and eternally grateful to.
0: Yeah, to him. that's very cool. I, I I don't you know you don't hear much about that now, but now with the whole you know, travel teams and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot, there is a lot of camp that goes on with that yes. stuff, but it's just, there's so much of it. It's no so prevalent now that oh, it will yeah. be. Well,
1: it competes you with know. camp now too. Right, you, exactly. You really have to make, and it, it happened for my kids. And it, you know, to me to a certain extent, that's why I didn't go back for my last year of camp. Hmm. It was because of high school athletics and that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, last year as a camper, you know, a potential camper. Right. So, um, but, you know, it, it competes. You know, the AAU takes over a lot now, and I think too much, unhealthily, where yeah. the, I think the, the boys being able to get away and, you know, be more well-rounded and participate is is a much more important. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's something we have to deal with. It's It was the reason basically the four-week program came into play, because yeah. now you can do both, you know, yes. and, and you had to just make time for it. And I love, Elliot will always tell guys, he's like, look, if you're good enough, you're going to play. Yeah, you, Your coach can tell you and scare you and do all these things, but if you're good enough, you're going to play on your team. So just come to camp and then figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so he tries to sort of preach but it from that second side. second four is probably better for that, right? Yeah, so that's what yeah. tends to happen. Second yeah. four is where collegiate week is. Okay. So that also, I think, you know, to the kid, the kid thinks in their head, oh, that the week and all that is a little more toward what I'm doing anyway. It gives yeah. me a little more of an athletic boost versus the – first four, which is a little more laid back. Okay. um, So I think they might see it that way too. But yeah, that's what tends to happen is they'll do their specialty camps or or school-related camps during the beginning, and then they'll come up for second four. And basically, we do about uh, maybe eight or ten days of leagues, and then you're right into the week.
1: Okay. And then, you know.
0: (laughs) Is the leagues now only eight days, eight, ten days? The second four is. Because, uh, so uh, in your day, collegiate week was the sixth week. Yes. But now... Yeah, then the championships were the seventh week or something like that? Okay. Yeah, so now Collegiate Week closes out camp. I see. Um, So we do... Leagues last about 10 days and then a couple days of playoffs and championships. And then that turns over one trip day and then suddenly we're drafting the teams and Collegiate Week has begun. (laughs) It's uh, Second four is really a roller coaster. Once you're, you're at the top of the hill and it just goes. Um. Tell me a little bit about any—we uh, mentioned it a little bit, but let's zero in on it a little—counselors uh, that really influenced you, took you under—you know, t- you talked about Gary Greenberg. You talked about Mike Began, Elliot. Yeah. Are there other guys that were at camp that really you just hit it off?
1: Well, I, I have so many, and still do, and that's the beautiful part of camp, and that's why— I, this reunion and and all this history is so fantastic. Is there's a special bond? What's interesting is and and it's the beauty of camp. And I, you know, it's hard to name names and not name everybody. Of course, and, of course. Yeah, you know, But you know, not hide anything. What, you know, what a big influence Mike had in my life. And I, I, I went through a time there too, where you know I had some some family issues that being at camp was very helpful and and Mm. Mike and and Dave Matazar and um, those guys who were great and and I was saying what's interesting is that you know when you're 10 years old and somebody's you know 15 or 20 that seems like you know such a big gap sure absolutely and now that we're men we're not We're friends, you know, and it's it's such a difference in the relationship and how it works, but the bond is always there and there's such a different closeness and understanding and some type of common thread when you see an old Ojibwa friend that you know it just it just calls for a hug whether you literally do it or physically do it (laughs) you you just know you you have an all you know all knowing nod and it's it's wonderful camp camp was was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's it's so true, and the the part of that that's funny to me is, you know, once everyone's a certain age, we're all like I said, we're men, we're friends, but those are always going to be kids to me. Yeah. Even you know the guy yeah, who was my right. camper, he's always going to be the kid, oh, yeah, even if sure. he's you know <laughs> only five or six years younger or twenty years younger, yeah, whatever, probably, or yes. however old he is. I would imagine the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So did you, uh, after you were done being a camper, did you go back for post-camp or anything like that?
1: I stayed at post-camp, I think, my last year. Mm. Where, and I think I, Mike stayed big. And I was in cabin 13. Sure. And I actually, th- you know what I think it was? And I'm I'm a little bit fuzzy on it. But I, I think Mike's last year as a counselor was cabin 12 with me. Oh, I see. I think. And I think Mike came back up for post-camp and I stayed a couple of days. Gotcha. And I stayed at post-camp that last year. But I, I've, and that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I've really never been back up since. There Gotcha. Was, the memories were, um, were good, but yeah. it was also mixed there. It was hard for me to go back up. Sure. Absolutely. Because of the loss of my, my mother and brother.
0: So as we're kind of getting toward wrapping up, there's a, a story I've heard yes. uh, that relates to your son. Yes. And I don't know if it's true. Uh, but I want to get some verification from the source. Now your son went to Kawaga. Yes, Uh, one of our, uh, brother camps up at, up yes. in uh, Northwoods, competitive, competitive camps. And we've been known to play some staff games or intercamp camp games with them. Yes, And the story I heard was that there was a year where we were going to play Kawaga. Maybe we hadn't played him for a while we'll or whatever. Up. And that, that in <laughs> fact, <laughs> Phil wasn't there when the game was scheduled, but that he got flown up early to play in the game. That is a true story.
1: <laughs> and Phil to this day, I forget what it was. He was just talking about it because – he hadn't played. He came off an injury, or something like that. They fly him up. He comes off the plane, you know, and it's like, you know, and Ojibwe was better anyhow, and it was like it was a total disaster. <laughs> That's all you know. It was That's a amazing. Total, it was a total disaster. He was. It was uh, the Malkin family, which is a North Shore mm. family. Yeah, got him on a plane and then flew him up to, to play in this game, yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, win or lose. Di- it
1: was a disaster.
0: <laughs> win or lose, it speaks so much to what the, what our camps are, what the camps, you know, what oh, those competitions yeah. are like, especially yeah. the inter-camp competitions. Yeah, I mean it's funny
1: because they didn't do it back when we were in camp.
0: Yeah? Yeah, and, and I,
1: I think what happened, I went through a time there when I think they did it before us and Mm -hmm. it got maybe a little too competitive or whatever or we, the Ojibwe guys like to say we were a little too dominant and so (laughs) the other camps backed off. So when we were in camp, we never did it. The only inter-camp thing I did once was we played Ray Myers basketball team. Oh. And they Oh, right, because there was a good relationship with those guys. They just freaking
0: killed
1: us. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like to think that I'm a pretty good player, and me and I... I think Marty played on the team Block, who was a really good player, mm-hmm. he played at Niles West, and was a really good player back in the day. And Craig Boyer might have been with us, and we went over there and just, you know, I mean, they just freaking killed us. Nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I know that uh, 40s and 50s, uh, Al was really all about the intercamp and even playing against town teams yes. and playing all kinds of sports. We played
1: town in, in and <clears throat> baseball, <clears throat> which was interesting because we really played zero baseball. Oh,
0: played you played softball. hardball? Oh, yeah. you actually played hardball. Yeah, football. we went and played <laughs> baseball, you know. That's so a little bit of a one, change.
1: one practice and then go play baseball, but... Uh, that's yeah, fun, though. Did, I mean, it was. I was a great experience. Yeah, it was really fun. And I actually think we might have played a little basketball against somebody in town. But, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, there's a couple of things I like to last, ask everyone at the end. First of all, uh, you're a grown-up now. Yes. As far as I know, uh, in lived some a lot. You're right. Uh, how would you say that your time at camp influenced your life?
1: Oh, it, it was fantastic. You know, uh, you know, you know, in in my campmates where I. You know i had a tough time where with losing my my brother and my mother in those that part of my life and being around and having my friends there and having the experiences that i have and support in the community when i still see you know mickey and and reva and their families and what they meant to me growing up and mm. and how wonderful they were to me and uh, and the Weinbergs who were the doctors and right at the sure. time and, and uh, in-laws and just fantastic and and then through to you know all of the the staff and then my camp mix. so it was it was tremendous you know and lifelong friends that um, that we reach out to all the time and have these tremendous memories together so it's you know I, I wouldn't trade it for anything and probably wished I could have gone a little bit longer and Done all the things, you know. Y'all you wish you could do something a little bit more. I wish sure. I could have done that more. Uh, sports kind of got in the way of me doing it. Yeah, but it was fantastic.
0: Nice. And the last question I always ask everyone: just one good little camp story. It can be funny, ridiculous, <laughs> sentimental, <laughs> any of the above. <laughs> well, I,
1: you know, it's funny. I remember. I don't really have a funny story, and I'm not a great storyteller. I, I remember we went. And it was either cabin 11 or 12, because I know it was, it was those two those cabins were basically the same group of kids, went from one to mm. the other. And uh, Mike Bagan was our lead, head counselor in both of those, and we went on an overnighter to uh, Lake Superior. And it mm. was, is it Iron Mountain or something? Yeah, what Iron
0: Mountain or Porcupine Mountain no, or one something like
1: that. Yeah. That was a fantastic trip. And I, I have a funny story that nobody's ever known that I've never said, but I think it was. Is either the championship game or my semi-championship game in uh, volleyball? Is seniors? Is that how it is? Mm-hmm. What's what's eleven through uh, thirteen? Uh, watermelon. The watermelon league, okay. Yeah. So, but that age. But it's group the senior age group. Yeah. Of uh, for volleyball. Okay. And the teams were picked actually when I was had left camp briefly for my mother's uh, my mother's funeral and I came back and Al Bartlestein, who's my dear friend to this day. Um, he had picked me on his team, and anyhow, we made it to the championship, and I'm almost sure it was the championship game, and I was sick and came out of the infirmary, and we played, and we won the game, and I literally shit my pants okay? I mean literally shit my pants playing <laughs> in the game nobody knew and I shit my pants we won the game and I had to run behind cabin 13 and, and took off my underpants and they were I, and I think I threw I don't know what I did with them but I shit my pants playing in the championship game it was either semifinals or championship
0: game, so. well I don't think we're going to get better than that uh, Larry thank you so much for doing this I really appreciate you taking the time and coming yeah. out this was awesome
1: it was fun thanks thank you
0: Okay, that is it. Another one in the books, Larry Lubin. Now we know. Now we know whether or not he's one of the greatest athletes who ever came to camp. Or do we? Uh, I love that story about his kid, though. That was fantastic. A a few guys had told me the story before. And uh, so I knew I had to get him around to talking about it. And uh, I was glad that he was honest about this thing. It was awesome. Great story. All right, that's it. Uh, If you want to get in touch with the podcast, you know how. Drop me an email, Christopher at CampoGimpleHistory.org. Come by the website, www.campojibohistory.org. Come over to Ravinia and just yell my name out really loud, and I'll probably hear you and come down and say hi. Keep an eye out for the Campo Mobile, of course. Roaming around the north suburbs. If you see me, stop me, say hello. I'll give you a little gift, a little present. All right, enough of that. It's a gloomy day. It's rainy. I think that's going to probably keep me from going outside. It's going to probably keep me from having a cigar.